it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who made it out of Oklahoma alive. And just barely, I might add at that, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting once again from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to bring you a big Monday episode of Top Shelf Radio in a bottom-feeding political world. We've been talking crime left and right on this show in the run-up to the midterms. Last night, we had a double shooting outside the home of New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin. What the hell did you just say? That is a real story. Uh, Two men shot uh, the governor, uh, at least the man we hope will be the governor-elect. He is joining us on tomorrow's show, but we're going to dive into some of his comments that were given to Fox News just moments ago as we are now 29 days from the midterms and the race for the majority is heating up and it's now oddly centering around the fact that crime rates spiked again over the weekend. And that's never a good sign for all of those Democrats who wanted to defund the police. Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. 888-788-9910. If you want to welcome me back to New York, you want to talk about crime. We've got a lot to get into. Uh, Donald Trump holding a rally with Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake over the weekend. We're going to talk about that. And uh, we've got a whole midterm roundup because John Fetterman was in front of a microphone yesterday in Pennsylvania and just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Talked about kicking the balls in the authority. That's a real statement. He said, we got to kick the balls in the authority. John Fetterman, I mean, listen, man, I, I do not want to hit the guy for his health because they are, but for the grace of God, go I. But you do concern yourself about his ability to govern, you know, because I watched the Fetterman speech yesterday. And uh, if this guy, and I do feel for him, and I wish him no ill will, but if this guy were any slower, any slower, he'd be the president right now. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. Uh, what a mess. Uh, Joe Biden was, of course, the center of discussion over the weekend. Really quick before we get underway. If you were in Tulsa at the Cape Brewing Company, that was a first class hang. A shout out to Levi May, everybody at KRMG, Skyler in the gang, Potter. I mean, all just legends. Top to bottom. Everybody there is outrageous. First class station and a world class hang. And I do mean that. It was awesome. Just so cool to get out and see who the Fox Across America listeners are. Because no differently than Enid on Saturday night where we were in Enid, Oklahoma, everybody who shows up to one of my events is like really cool, very reasonable. And we're not sitting there like mad that Joe Biden's engine is running and there's nobody behind the wheel. You know, we're kind of laughing at the fact that he said, we've got two words for you. Two words made in America. Those are three words. And we had a laugh about it. And uh, everybody who showed up to both events, whether you were at the KRMG event Friday night in Tulsa or you came out to the Eagle event Saturday night in Enid, Oklahoma, uh, both completely unforgettable experiences. Thank you for everybody who hung out and was a part of that. Uh, the show's getting back on the road again this weekend. We'll be in Ottumwa, Iowa. But I want to talk right now about New York City. I want to get into crime for a second. 
because uh, we've got a wave of it right now. And it's not just, you know, the, with, with all the shootings going on over the weekend. And granted, 80% of that were Mets fans who shot themselves. But Oh, that was a cheap shot. Sorry to the guys in the production booth. Ooh, ooh, that was the worst thing I ever heard. Nah, rough one. Rough one for the Mets. We won't get that. We'll get into that. But we will talk about Lee Zeldin, okay? He is, of course, a guy you've heard on this show a lot. We've done Gutfeld together. He's on Gutfeld tonight, actually. He's on with Greg Gutfeld tonight. Well, on Sunday, he had two people shot outside of his home in Long Island. And I do mean outside of his home. One of them under the porch of his home. The other one uh, on the lawn, in the bushes, in front of that porch. Okay, he was not home, but his two 16-year-old daughters were. Okay, he was on his way back from a Columbus Day parade at the Bronx at the time two men got shot in front of his home. Okay, this is a guy running for governor now comes home to a shot body under his porch and in his bushes. What the hell is the world coming to? Now, thankfully, this was not any type of, you know, political attack like we had that guy arrested who was outside Brett Kavanaugh's house, showed up with weapons to kill a sitting Supreme Court justice. This was not the left-wing activism that ran over a high school kid a few weeks back, if you remember the story we were talking about with a lunatic in his 40s that he was going after a MAGA extremist. No, this was just good old-fashioned crime. And good old-fashioned crime is where we should be focusing because that's where 99.9% of these murders, of these rapes, of these robberies are occurring. Okay, Democrats love to say, oh, someone tweeted something that's going to lead to violence. I don't know. Could we talk about, you know, actual violence? Because if we can't now, when are we going to? Lee Zeldin is a gubernatorial candidate. If you remember, a guy jumped on stage and tried to stab the guy. Guy tried to stab the guy back in August, if you remember. Okay, he wound up wrestling with his attacker. Now he's got a double shooting at his property. And this is all the byproduct of what, you know, Woke district attorneys, soft on crime laws that have created more empathy for the criminal than the crook. Everything woke turns to Okay, but it being 29 days from the midterms, okay, there were members of the media yesterday that are concerned that, oh, this is going to look, make Zeldin look more sympathetic. This is going to bring more attention to the crime problem in New York. So here is a reporter yelling at Zeldin, asking him, if he should be talking about politics in this moment. Now, I understand what the reporter's going for, because I say all the time, if somebody's house is floating away in Florida, they don't want to hear about climate change. You know, it's, it's just not top of mind. If there's a horrific gun tragedy, nobody wants to hear you yell about the NRA because the NRA didn't pull the trigger. OK, we don't really want you to leverage this for your own political gain. But in Lee Zeldin's case, there is nothing to be gained from having two people shot on your property while your kids are inside doing their homework. Okay, but here is a media member trying to thwart what, oh, I don't know, could be, I'm putting it in air quotes, a lucky bounce of the ball. I don't consider anything lucky about this other than the fact that his family was okay. But this is never the kind of thing you root for. But here is Zeldin pushing back, clip one. Some would say that maybe um, when your family has just been through this, It might not be a good time to talk politics. What would you say to critics who might say that? You're talking about politics. I I didn't. I'm surprised that you you or someone else might even look at it that way. I mean, at, at what point are we supposed to talk about the crime on our own streets? I'm standing in front of crime scene tape in front of my own house. You can't get me more outraged than right now. I mean, think about that. 
He's standing in front of crime tape that's around his house. And she says to him, you know, should you really be talking about politics right now? The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, because what is her concern in that moment? It's not that two people got shot. How are they doing? It's not that his family could have innocently been hit as bystanders. It's, but should we be focusing on crime? And why is this? Because you're dealing with another left-wing reporter that has thrown her, you know, her support in the past behind Democratic candidates who think the crime situation isn't real because it doesn't affect them. They have security details. They have police protection everywhere they go. So they're all crime, schmime. What are you even talking about? But here's a guy getting people shot right outside his house, and he brings that more into focus here. Here is clip three. This is something where you had two people who got shot who were essentially laying down about 10 feet from where they were doing homework. One of the bullets landed about 30 feet from where the girls were doing homework. And, uh, yeah, this hits extremely close to home. It showed up at our front doorstep yesterday. When we were getting back to the house, I mean, we we had to go through crime scene tape. We're getting advised where to walk so that we weren't stepping on blood. Uh, This is not something that we were planning to return home to when we left for a Columbus Day parade in the Bronx. I mean, think about that. Guy leaves for a Columbus Day parade in the Bronx and comes back to a double shooting on his property and is then ultimately criticized for talking about it. How dare you? That's my favorite criticism. Chris Hayes from MSNBC, he and I got into it on Twitter last week because Chris Hayes had tweeted, oh, Fox News is showing so much inner city crime. It's like wallpaper on the channel as if we're the bad guys for wanting to highlight a runaway scourge of violence that is, oh, by the way, disproportionately killing people of color. But over on MSNBC, the, you know, the tolerant, compassionate thing to do is to not talk about it at all. I mean, come on. Who are these monsters trying to solve a problem? It's no different than the border. How mad did they get at DeSantis for shipping migrants up to Martha's Vineyard? How dare this guy try to bring attention to a political problem that's become the number one cause of adult death in America? I mean, shame on this man. These people are not props. I think we should be more ashamed that until those people were sent up to Martha's Vineyard, nobody in the Democratic Party was even willing to discuss the border crisis or the lives it's claiming. But again, when you're the media and your goal is not to report the story, it's to win the election. I mean, that's what they see themselves as, activists masquerading as journalists. You get stupid people getting mad at Lee Zeldin for having the goal to talk about a shooting that took place at his house. Like, what else do you want him to talk about? Hey, the New York Jets are off to a good start today, aren't they? I mean, come on. Here is uh, Lee Zeldin on Fox and Friends pushing back against that criticism, clip four. I was answering her questions in front of crime scene tape in front of my own house. Yeah. And by the way, I was standing outside of my home answering their questions because they asked me to come outside to speak to them. So I, I said, OK, you know, y- y'all are asking for me to come out to address what happened. Happy to do it. Rather than doing a whole bunch of one on one interviews while we're spending this time with our daughters, uh, we'll come out and just answer everyone's questions at the same time. The first question is then coming after me for standing in front of the crime scene tape speaking to you. I mean, really think about that. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Okay, what are the five rules? Okay, who, what, where, when, why? If you're a reporter, who, what, where, when, why? 
who, what, where, when, why. That's what the journalists are supposed to be focused on. They get in front of this house and throw in not who, what, where, when, and why, but election. Hey, can we have some – can we have a moment here where I can put you on the defensive? I know people just got shot on your front lawn. But more importantly, I as a member of the media, uh, can we just – Use this opportunity to limit whatever goodwill this might cause you in the election. This is politics as usual. It's disgusting. Okay, here he is talking about New York Newsday, which is just a rag out on Long Island, clip five. You mentioned Newsday. I mean, here's the problem is that there's an election coming up in 29 days. And they, they want to do everything in their power to prop up Kathy Hochul. They do. And the problem is, is that if, if they wanted, if they were going to you know, give any fuller coverage to what happened, they don't want to incidentally end up helping my candidacy. So what they, I don't know if Newsday has actually said anything negative about Kathy Hochul ever. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe they have. Uh, but the reality right now in this state is that New Yorkers don't feel safe. No, they don't. I mean, that's the bottom line. Okay, we live at a time, and it's not just New York. Okay, I start in New York because this is where the event took place. But if you're looking across the country at every major city, okay, we have a 35% spike in murder, dead people. And every politician in the Democratic Party and every reporter, like the one who confronted Lee Zeldin, continue to look at this as an issue of politics instead of the issue of life and death that it is. And that's why everyone in New York and every other big blue city around the country just feels like they're starring in a spinoff to The Purge. It's because everybody in power is more concerned about themselves and their poll numbers than they are about their voters. It's sad. We have. to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We stack the deck 
on a Monday, my first game back. They assumed I wasn't going to be sober from hanging out in Oklahoma. And they were right. Uh, it was a little bit of a mess out there. But a shout-out to everybody who came and saw us. Dana Perino will be coming to see us in studio today, co-host of America's Newsroom and The Five. And uh, Congressman Scott Fitzgerald, he's, of course, representing the 5th Congressional District out there in Wisconsin, who has a lot to say on what's going on with these fuel prices. Uh, Diesel going up 20 uh, cents a gallon over the weekend. This could be a problem. It's a big problem because for all the talk we do about gas prices, you understand it's diesel that actually affects your shipping prices, which means inflation is about to go right back through the roof. Biden sucks. A lot of people feel that way. Um, 888-788-9910, the phone number, if you're one of them. If you're not one of them, it doesn't matter. Uh, We were talking crime off the top. I wanted to squeeze one more thing in. Here is Elise Stefanik. She was on Sunday Night in America last night with Trey Gowdy just reacting to the shooting outside Lee Zeldin's home. Clip six. Lee and his wonderful wife, Diana, uh, were marching in a Columbus Day parade in the Bronx. So they were away from home. And the two girls were doing their homework on the first floor. Uh, We are glad that the Zeldin family is safe. But it is a crime crisis in New York State. And it shows up on your doorstep literally in the case of our Republican gubernatorial candidate, which is why we need to vote to turn out and save New York by electing Lee Zeldin this November. Okay, so really quick. You know, what happened to Zeldin, and I've been trying to make this point forever. It's the whole point of my radio show is I get on the air and I'm like, hey, this stuff affects all of us. Nobody shows up to your to rob you or mug you and asks if you're a Republican or a Democrat. They just say, give me your damn money. You know, give me your wallet, that whole thing. And I'm just, I, I hope, you know, I've tried to highlight this in the run up to the midterms. And I know you see plenty of coverage of it here on Fox. I don't know that the rest of the media is really paying any attention to the crime spikes because it's a liability for them politically. But I want to hope like there is, you know, a place there's a place out there where people will recognize that at some point it's to the detriment of all of us. Okay, that the media continues to turn a blind eye towards crime because, again, it affects all of us. It is not an issue of Republican and Democrat. It is not an issue of black and white. It is an issue of right and wrong. Okay, it is right to lock up violent criminals. It is wrong to let them out in the name of equity because nine times out of 10, the high rates of criminal recidivism mean they're going to go out and attack members of their own community anyway. So if you've got these violent thugs, I know it's old fashioned. I'm a little bit of a throwback, but I don't know. Maybe we just lock up the bad guys. Would that really hurt? It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon back on the East Coast for a little bit. We're heading back out on the road this weekend. We're going to be in Ottumwa, Iowa at the Bridgeview Center. If you're out in that area, you want to come hang with your radio buddy. Tickets for that at Ticketmaster.com. Spokane, Washington. Friday night, October the 28th. Saturday night, October the 29th. I'm at the Spokane Comedy Club. You can get tickets for that. Come hang out. It's going to be nuts. And then Saturday, November the 5th, we're going to be in Vegas at the Red Rocks Resort and Casino. Then we're heading down to Dallas, Texas, and, you know, Tyler and Longview uh, the week of November the 10th. Uh, Then we'll be at the Fox Nation Patriot Awards down in Florida at the Hard Rock on November the 17th. And then dig this. 
You've never heard this before, breaking news, but I will be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Friday night, December the 9th, Saturday night, December the 10th. And the studio audience going nuts. It's the Okies. They're as good of a comedy audience. They're as good of a people as you're ever going to meet. Uh, and I'm heading back down there. We're going to go eat some more barbecue. Who knows where we'll end up? The last time we were there, we ate at Albert G's, which was fantastic. We ate at Rib Crib, which was great. And we ate at a place called Swadley's in Enid on Saturday, also outstanding. I just could not stop eating in Oklahoma. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. You ain't kidding. It was, it was bad. But it's a great state. I mean, if you're going to bottom out and gain 200 pounds, uh, what better place than oil country where they got good food and good people? I was thrilled. Uh, I'm not thrilled about what's going on in Ukraine. Donald Trump was doing a rally over the weekend with Carrie Lake. You heard her on the show last week. Uh, and Trump uh, made some comments about the situation in Ukraine that I thought were worth bringing up because one of the points that never gets made ever, okay, about Ukraine, you know, we talk about the fact that we're sending them money and they're the biggest corruption risk on the planet, which seems a little crazy. Okay, we've printed spent $40 billion that we do not have. That is financial lunacy. Big time. At a point where, you know, a lot of Americans are suffering and inflation's through the roof, we're printing and spending more money, which, of course, reduces inflation the way a gallon of gasoline reduces a fire. That can't be good. Not good at all. Okay, problems only being exacerbated by the situation in Ukraine. And Trump talked about, you know, ending the war for purposes of peace and stabilizing, you know, the world stage. But the one simple point, and I I make it a lot, but I don't hear it anywhere, is Biden likes to get on the air and tell you that, you know, the war in Ukraine is the root of all economic evil here in this country. Well, if that's the case, we should be doing a lot more, a ton more to end that war. He knows what he's talking about. Obviously, nuclear Armageddon is not an ideal scenario for us. Okay, I'm not, you know, going to, you know, rank these in terms of uh, order of priority. There's no question that a nuclear Armageddon would be the main reason why we need to end the war. Uh, But to take it a step further, okay, we don't need to get to nuclear Armageddon to destroy this country. Inflation is at a 40 year high. Every week that this war goes on costs us another $2 billion. So at some point, we're going to spend our way to a point of inflation that we ourselves, okay, are now living in a, in a country that's as adversely affected economically as the ones actually fighting the war. Again, remember this. We're not over there fighting the war. We're sending them, you know, a proxy effort to fight the war. Here's missiles. Here's money. Okay, here's celebrity sightings. Randy Weingartner's going over. Yesterday we found out Zelensky has Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, the guy who played Luke Skywalker, has now been made a celebrity ambassador to Ukraine's drone army. I got a bad feeling about this. Why do we have celebrity ambassadors to drone armies unless we're fighting a propaganda war and paying for it out of our own tax pockets? This is bananas. Okay, obviously nobody's on Putin's side, but at the same time, there shouldn't be a side. Okay, yes, Putin is a thug. Putin should not be invading Ukraine. I condemn those actions. But at this point, this is a conflict that started back in February. Everybody in Vegas assumed the over under on this was three or four days. Okay, the Ukrainians have fought like hell. The Russians have proven to be wildly inept, and it really has embarrassed Putin. But absent an off-ramp for him, 
Every day that goes by is a day we're closer to the likelihood that his ego, that his frustration gets the best of him, and he does something from a nuclear standpoint that puts the entire world on a bad collision course with armed conflict. So believe me, Trump said plenty of ridiculous things at his rally Saturday night because he always does. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. No, I'm not ashamed. Trump was, he was all over the map Saturday night. He wants to investigate George H.W. Bush. At one point, he was bragging that the crowd on January 6th was one of the biggest crowds ever he's ever seen. He's like, nobody ever mentions that. I'm like, dude, okay, what's called an unforced error. And I'm not trying to get you worked up about Donald Trump. The point is, uh, he was, as he likes to be, wildly off the cuff. But when he makes sense, he makes sense. My frustration with Trump is he has good stuff. Hey, secure the border. Brilliant. Yes, we need to. Support law enforcement. Yes, we need to. Stop funding idiotic, you know, horrific oppressive regimes like Iran. Yes, we need to. Don't engage in non-binding climate treaties that decimate our manufacturing base, but don't get China to curb emissions at all. Yes, we need to stop doing that. Trump has tons of ideas that are really good ideas. Okay, really good ideas. And so I try to focus on the substance of Trump because most of the media focuses on the sensationalism. Okay, that's why they were so surprised in the summer of 2016. They thought everybody was worked up about his tweets as they were, when in fact nobody cared that he was calling Rosie O'Donnell a hog. They cared that he was talking about bringing back American jobs. They cared because he was talking about getting the government out of your life, loosening up regulations, lowering costs for consumers, putting the country before everybody else. That's why people voted for Trump. So they can over, always overlook the sensationalism. Okay, the media was never interested in the substance, but they should be now because anybody calling to end the war in Ukraine is doing everybody a favor. One, because nobody benefits nobody at all from any type of a nuclear conflict. But two, in the short term, the economics of this war are not only crushing the Ukrainian economy, but they're crushing the American economy. Here's Trump talking about ending the war. It's clip 31. We must demand the immediate negotiation of a peaceful end to the war in Ukraine or we will end up in World War III and there will be nothing left of our planet all because stupid people didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. They don't understand. They really don't understand. I rebuilt our military. I rebuilt our nuclear power. They don't understand what they're dealing with, the power of nuclear. They have no idea what they're doing. I mean, listen, he's not wrong, okay? He's not wrong. When you're in this situation where we've prolonged this war six months longer than anybody thought it was going to last, and it's only because we continue to finance this thing, we are paying our way towards some type of a standoff. Now, Biden's handlers were out over the weekend trying to tell us, no, it's not that. Here was John Kirby. He was on the week and he was talking about the fact that these aren't these comments aren't as bad as you think. And, okay, they weren't based on any new intelligence. Let me give you that. It's clip 28. So are the statements the result of what he has heard or his own conclusions? Because those were really frightening comments. 
the, the, his comments were not based on uh, new or fresh intelligence or new indications uh, that uh, Mr. Putin has made a decision uh, to use nuclear weapons. And quite, quite frankly, uh, we don't have any indication that he has made that kind of decision, Martha, nor have we seen anything that would give us pause to reconsider our own strategic nuclear posture uh, in, in our efforts to defend our own national security interests or those of our allies and partners. OK, so what he's saying really honestly is that Joe Biden's not in charge. Come on, man. That's really what he's saying to you, okay? This is the hundredth time Biden has made a statement. We'll defend Taiwan. There better not be an invasion in Ukraine. Well, if it's a minor incursion, that's one thing. But if it's, you know, anything other than a minor incursion... You're a loony. Okay, the White House walks back his statements all the time. In this instance, it's an effort to clarify yet again that what Biden says is not necessarily based on him being informed in any way, shape, or form. It's just based on he's a guy who happens to speak in front of the presidential seal. But at the end of the day, he's probably not the president. There's probably like somebody else either in his immediate cabinet like Ron Klain or who knows, maybe even a a former president running this administration. I agree with that. Okay. The war in Ukraine has gotten to this place where the American taxpayer has already spent over $40 billion, okay, at a time when the American taxpayer is getting drilled by inflation and rising gas prices. I got to be honest with you. Most people, and I'm not trying to be callous or indifferent, if you polled most Americans on whether or not we need to be funding a war in Ukraine, the vast majority of them are going to say no. They're going to say no. This is a country that's the number one corruption risk in the world. Okay, it's considered the most corrupt place on the planet. We just sent them $40 billion. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say some of that money's not going to wind up where it was supposed to. Okay, nobody likes to have that conversation like they're at war. Easy for you to say. But look at all the fraud we've seen with covid loans. Okay, in this country, there's always fraud when there's that kind of money flying around. And when you're just sending it overseas in the name of we're protecting democracy. But we're not protecting democracy in this moment. In fact, we're bringing a bunch of democracies closer to a standoff, to a military conflict. At a time when as heinous and as awful as the war is, Zelensky's still kind of doing like the celebrity president thing. Here's Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Luke Skywalker. It's a raging lefty jackass. But he's talking about being, you know, connected with Zelensky to be an ambassador to the drone army. Folks, this is like celebrity garbage. Here it is, clip 32. No, it's not the army of droids. It's the army of drones. And uh, I was really surprised to be contacted by President Zelensky. Uh, I, I assume I didn't ask why. I mean, I think they saw my support for Ukraine on my Twitter feed. But, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm not used to be being contacted by world leaders. You know, I'm. I'm I'm a court jester. I'm I'm a non-essential worker. I do cartoon voices and TV and movies. So uh, I was honored to be contacted by him. I mean, but think about that because he's like, I don't know what this means. Dude, Zelensky is sitting around watching Star Wars DVDs, raking America over the coals for big money and making a fantasy wish list of which celebrity he'd like to hang out with next. You watch your language. But that's exactly what's going on. We just found out Randy Weingarten is over there. She is the New York City 
Okay, the head of the teachers union in New York City. Why is the head of the New York City teachers union over in Ukraine right now taking celebrity photo ops? She says she's going to go visit the border. I mean, honestly, is she going to make the war fight virtually? I mean, that's the only reason I could see for her visit. She's like, I'm Randy Weingartner. We don't let the kids go to school. We're not letting you go to school. No one's getting bombed unless they're vaccinated. That's what's going on. Okay, I joke, but yo. We're talking about a potential nuclear conflict that one way or the other has already wrecked havoc on our economy. It is already a nuclear Armageddon for our economy because we're printing and spending money we don't have, sending it off to Ukraine, a place that, yes, is flirting with some type of a a nuclear conflict, a place that is considered one of the biggest corruption risks on the planet, a place where the president is now just playing celebrity match game and calling up whoever he wants for a photo op. The point is, you know, in boxing, they tell you you should never follow a puncher around the ring. And what that means is, okay, if you're fighting a guy with knockout power, you shouldn't be chasing him around the ring, stalking him because you might walk into a punch. What you should be doing is establishing your jab, fighting the guy at a distance so you don't get blindsided by something that ends your night in the blink of an eye. That's an old adage in boxing. You never follow a puncher around the ring. Well, when it comes to Ukraine, not only are we following a puncher around the ring in Vladimir Putin, but we're paying for his trunks. We're paying for the ring announcer. We're paying for all of those scantily clad ring girls with the ring cards. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but in the end, it's us that might walk into the knockout punch. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America. The main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Dana Perino a little bit later in the show today. We're also going to be talking uh, with Wisconsin Congressman Scott Fitzgerald in the next hour. Uh, we got some you and me time on the docket as well. 888 888- 788-9910. Uh, midterm roundup <laughs> coming your way. It's been a lot of controversy surrounding Herschel Walker, as you would imagine, down in Georgia. And, of course, now the women from The View have weighed in. The View is awful. Here is Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> 
playing a weird rendition of the race card, saying Herschel Walker would only uh, has only gotten the Republican nomination because they're racist, meaning Republicans are so racist they're nominating a black kid. I'm confused. Here it is. Clip 25. They didn't even try to find somebody who was at least had the idea of how to take care of the people in Georgia. They just said, oh, get somebody black in there. Get who? Who do you know? Oh, yeah. Get him. Yeah. And that's what they did. That's what it feels like. That's what I mean. How else can you explain it? Incredibly insulting. You know, there there was a pretty there was a pretty uh, there was a pretty uh, there was a, a very heated primary. There was a, a, a actually a Republican who had some, you know, experience and who was a viable candidate, mm-hmm. but he got beat in the primaries. That's yeah. who Republican yeah, voters they want, chose. They, that's who they chose because that's what you know who said. Choose him. Exactly. Yeah. Remember, I, every I, time I, you said choose him, you go a little further over the corner. You do. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, so if you're keeping score at home, Herschel Walker is only the nominee because Republicans are racist. What the hell did you just say? That's what she said. I can't even, it doesn't even make sense. Like, it hurts my brain coming out of my mouth to say that. Okay? And again, there is plenty of issues people can take with Herschel Walker, whether he did or he didn't pay for an abortion. We don't have the ins and outs on that. What we do have is Whoopi Goldberg saying you shouldn't nominate people just because of the color of their skin. Where was this when Corrine Jean-Pierre got the White House press secretary job? Where was this when Kamala got the vice presidential gig, despite the fact that she's so stupid she studied for a COVID test? But no, Whoopi Goldberg, nothing to say about that. It's just, you know, racism on the right. I'm so confused. There has never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. We will educate the masses when we come back on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, We're talking about sky-high gas prices uh, as we inch closer to the midterms. 29 days to liftoff. OPEC giving us the finger and the word on the street is uh, the 20 cent a gallon increase we saw in the diesel category is only going to make things worse, not only at the pump on the gas side, but of course at the checkout register on the, you know, purchasing goods side. Inflation out of control. It is a mess. And they tell us they're getting it under control, but it's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Okay, we're celebrating an inflation reduction bill. That adds, adds to inflation. It's not a good time to be. Uh, all kinds of theories on why this is the case. Uh, 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to share yours. Uh, but right now, uh, we're piggybacking off of a uh, little bit of the midterm scuttlebutt that went down over the weekend. You know, the Herschel Walker situation down in Georgia, uh, where they are polling pretty closely. Because the truth is, most people in Georgia don't care if Herschel Walker paid someone to get an abortion 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They care about rising crime now. They care about inflation now. These are big problems for them. So I don't know that it's the political liability, you know, the Democrats think it is. But needless to say, uh, the wildly pro-choice Democrats are still jumping all over this uh, because they view it as some sort of hypocrisy, is my guess. Andrea is batting leadoff in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. She'll make sense of it all. Hey, girl. 
Hey, I'm out from under the covers. Andrea, so everybody needs to know this about you. You usually listen to the podcast version of the show at night in bed. Um, And we have all of these funny messages. Well, I want you to know there's another kinky gal out there who was at my comedy show in Enid this weekend. Uh, I believe her name was Cam, Cammy, and uh, she came and she said, she goes, you know, I listen to you every night in bed. And I go, wow, that's kinky. And she's like, no, it is. And uh, this is a weird sleepless in Seattle. It's like a lower budget sleepless in Seattle where we finally get to meet. It's not quite the Empire State Building. But to be honest with you, nothing in New York is safe. So it's better that we meet over the phone, girlfriend. Well, I actually grew up and lived most of my life in Philadelphia. But like you... But like you, I married up, and I'm now in Will. I'm now in Willa Grove. Oh, so. get out of town! Well, yeah, you know, nowhere in the world is there a person to be better off if only they spent five more minutes in Philly. You know. Yeah, I think if I if you ever come to the area, I'll strap on the clock and. <laughs> Listen, there are worse things to strap on based on those messages you've sent me. So uh, let's yeah, hey, well, hold on. Now. I am a, I am in the bed. So oh, what do Andrea, you so hot. Uh, stick with okay. me. So you're following the Herschel Walker story. What was your yeah. take? My 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 initial take was if this is the party that's so pro-abortion. Why aren't they like, yay, he paid for one. Good, yeah. Like, I, like, well, because he's not running as one of them. Yes, they are. They went in the abortion debate from safe, legal, and rare to what you just described, which is like, I did it. Give me a merit badge, you know, two for one drinks at Fridays or whatever the, whatever the kind of deal they give you now. Um, yeah. But what they're basically. I'm, I'm, re- I'm a retired nurse. And, mm-hmm. and I, I will tell you that my first job in a major inner city hospital back in the late 1970s was in the abortion clinic of the hospital that I worked in. And um, in the late 70s, it wasn't like it was it was not like the neighborhood I worked in was, let's just say the clinic was busy. <laughs> okay. It was a, it was a happening. Geez, that's, cr- yeah. that's rough. And it just wasn't a big deal. But being in the medical profession and growing and seeing and learning and stuff, my views switched. Yeah. And I kind of am where I think most people are. I'm pro-life, but if I have to put up with it, we need to have, you can't do this when a baby can live. Yeah, that's no, that's can't. barbaric. It's gone so. so my take, yeah. my take on it was, was hey, if he paid for it, they should be like <laughs> holding him up and cheering for okay. the guy. If he paid for it in the first twelve weeks, they should be cheering. If it's beyond yeah. twelve, then you're on their side. Well, that, yeah. no, you're still not on their side because they want you to abort a third grader for all they care. They're barbaric, Andrea. <laughs> well, if that was the case, I don't know that I'd be here. Yeah, who, so. holy heck, good points there. Um, <laughs> listen, now I get why you spend so much time out under the covers. It's a crazy world out there. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm outside today because the electricity's off and I can't work. So oh, the hell. This work is... on the computer and stuff, so I'm actually listening during normal hours. Yeah, yeah, this is bizarre. It's, it's thrown off the whole energy of the show, Andrea. Get back in the bed. We'll but I'll talk. Be, that's okay. I'll be back in bed tonight. Uh, you sure will. All right, sweet thing. You have Love a big you. day. Bye. You're the best. There she goes, Andrea who normally listens to the, the show at night. She'll listen to the podcast and send me a message. There's a lot of nighttime listen-in-bed people out there. And at first you're like, wow, that's hot, all these ladies listening under the covers. But then you realize you're probably just putting people to sleep because the show's boring and you need to do a better job. <laughs> that's not good.
Uh, well, like a white noise machine on this show. But uh, 888-788-9910 is the phone number wherever you listen. You don't have to be in your pajamas to listen to the show. You can be at work. Uh, you can be driving to work, which is apparently going to cost you a little more money. So as you know, the OPEC ministers last week gave Biden the finger in terms of increasing production. That becomes a little bit of a political liability for the Democrats. You know, we had released our strategic petroleum reserves, something that was, you know, traditionally put on hold in the case of a, you know, natural disaster or a war. We've been artificially lowering gas prices, but now we've hit that fork in the road where because we are not energy independent, we're about to see those prices go back up no matter what they do in this White House. Here is Nikki Haley. She was on Sunday Morning Futures explaining the situation. It's clip 26. Biden's, you know, basically dipping into our reserves to try and get votes. He's trying to falsely imply that gas prices are going down when they're not. What he should be doing is partnering with our energy producers, saying, what do you need? How do we go and make us energy independent like we were under the Trump administration? You know, I think that the fact that he it's he's all mad at OPEC. I don't know why he's mad when you go and you call for the rest of the world to make Saudi Arabia an international pariah. Um, when you go and you fall all over yourself to get into the Iran deal, which upsets all of the Arab countries. Don't be shocked when OPEC is not your friend and doesn't go and lift, um, you know, and raise production. I mean, they did exactly what I think they wanted to do, which was stick it to Biden. And they did really, you know, for all intents and purposes, they have, you know, they have stuck it to Biden. Tell them like it is. Okay, we're in a tough spot as we close in on the midterms. Okay, because... What the Democrats were hoping to do is just keep prices artificially low long enough to get your vote in the midterms. They didn't want fuel to be a determining factor. Like the economy is the number one issue across the boards. The economy, it's inflation. Okay, crime is right there. You know, the border's there. You know, abortion is now a distant, it's not a top three. It's not even a top five. Okay, gasoline is something that would dive right back into the top two. If we were to see the surge in the last 29 days that we saw, you know, late uh, last winter, early last spring, if we saw that same level of surge, the Democrats know it's going to crush them at the polls. So what they were trying to do is release enough strategic energy to keep that price artificially lowered. And then the minute they got those midterm votes, they could just turn around, stop doing it and watch the price fly right through the roof. What do they care? They got your vote. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they were planning to do you. But in this instance, OPEC didn't play along, and now the price is going up, and they're screwed. (laughs) I mean, I kind of laugh, but at the same time, I can't laugh because you're screwed too, okay? We're dealing with a situation where, you know, the prices go up at a time when they're already $1.30 higher than they were. You know, so there's no like there's no consolation prize. You know what I'm saying? I can't. It's so hard for me, you know, because if you get on the air and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to root against the Democrats. It's going to be great. Okay, we're going to make all kinds of hay on the show today. Everybody's going to get mad and hopefully people will vote the way I tell them to. If that's the kind of show you want to do, it's a great time to be a talk show host. It really is. You just want to do a one note, screw the other side, bile distillery of a show. Dude, this is the golden age because they've mismanaged everything in the country. The crime, the economy, the border, the kids, the education, the mandates, everything. They've mismanaged everything. But I can't sit here and be excited to do a show because – 
that mismanagement is actually compromising everyone's quality of life. I don't take no joy in getting to say, I told you so, the Democrats suck, because you can't use that. You can't redeem that for cheaper gas. You can't redeem that for safer streets. You know, you can't redeem that to knock inflation down to 4% or 3% instead of the 8.3% we're paying right now, okay? When you look around the country... Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. Literally everything. So, yeah, if you just want to be an activist talk show host that's like, screw these people, then it's great. But if you actually care about the quality of life in America... Not even close! It's not great, okay? It's a real problem. Okay, here is... James on the line in Idaho Falls, Idaho, listening on the legendary KID. Yo, James. Hey, Jimmy Fela. It's such a privilege to talk to you, man. I'm so glad you are not exclusively on cable TV. And because <laughs> I don't have cable, it cuts uh-huh. into my budget for playing uh, crafts and shooting you know, <laughs> cheap moves with the people behind Midget Mart. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever, make, you ever save any of that money and go down the bear world? Oh, no, it's getting too expensive. I mean, it's Idaho, and you know something's wrong when people from Idaho are saying potatoes are too expensive. <laughs> That's not good. You're in the epicenter. You're right. It's like trying cheap, cheap, cheap booze at Mardi Gras. It should be out there. You're right. Um, so what do you think as somebody who spent time in oil fields? What's the deal? Uh, it's, it, it's stupid because, I, I mean, I, I worked there for about four years. I went North Dakota, Wyoming, Texas. All the usual, uh, you know, mirage of, uh, you know, trash and garbage that comes with the oil field. But a lot of the people I talk to still that are still there say it is almost impossible to get loans to do things just as simple as not just drilling, but uh, lease roads, equipment, uh, just the production equipment. You need to actually get an oil well, not just off the ground, but once it's drilled to put it in production. Uh-huh. And it's uh, the president's policies have pretty much hobbled it, and it's terrible. And that's one of the reasons that it, we're having such a hard time getting domestic production. And that's why we're screwed the way we are, though. Like in the short term, that volatility on the other side of the world is like something we might be immune to under better circumstances. But we're just there now. We're just taking we're just taking a hit. I mean, if, if diesel goes up 20 cents a gallon, that affects the cost of goods. And then you've got the home heating oil, which is coming our way in the winter. Uh, I don't know, James. I don't know how much money you're going to have left for craps and booze, as you said it, <laughs> behind the mart. <laughs> we got to make some moves. Can you can you get a job like an advisory job in the White House? You've worked everywhere else, it sounds like. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to keep my uh, my pimp hand strong, so maybe I'll. Uh... <laughs> well, listen, if the next time you're calling, it's from a cabinet position, I will be grateful. Like, I don't know that you're getting the gig. I, I don't you know, I'm going to endorse you on LinkedIn. They don't generally check my file. Uh, but but I, we need somebody in there that has actual tangible experience in the fields and things like you described, because that's the biggest problem right now is I think everybody is making decisions from like afar and at like too far afar. Does that make sense? Oh, well, no kidding. And it's it, it's there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks and cabinet positions right now. And it's it's kind of terrible. And you can see that a lot of them right now, they're they're like Kevin Bacon at the end of Animal House where they're screaming, oh, as well, <laughs> when clearly everything is pandemonium around them. Well, if you can nominate yourself and just write on the application that you're also a drag stripper for children. 
you're probably going to get hired by the administration. So you get on, well, you get on I'm LinkedIn. I'm from Boise, so I don't know if I can go for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheap shot at Boise. Let's close on that. Epic call, James. Way to go, brother. Uh, 888-788-9910. Uh, more of this <laughs> chicanery when we come back. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Been talking about oil prices and Senate races, inflation, crimes, a messy day, man. Now they say in horse racing, you got to be a mutter. If you want to make it in horse racing, you got to be able to run on a sloppy track. Well, you got to be a mutter if you want to host a talk radio show in 2022 because it is a mess out there. Uh, Mike listening in Carson City might have a plan to save it all. Yo, Mike. Yo, Jimmy. Love the show. How you doing? Thanks, brother. You know, when we were out in Carson City last, uh, we had a pretty rowdy time out there. Uh, and there's a lot of quietly, a lot of good food in Carson. Do you live there in Carson? I live about four or five blocks from uh, the Nugget. Oh, get out of town, man. You're walking distance. Yes, sir. Oh, well, listen, I, I was not in walking distance, and that was a mistake. After all of the booze I was bought by that audience, uh, my, my Uber fees mounted up. But uh, I don't think you're calling to save an intervention for me. I think you're trying to save the country, correct? Absolutely. Two questions, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Trump announcing that he won't run in 2024? And then in 2023, when the campaign starts, he can just say he changes his mind, just like crooked Hillary. (laughs) Do you think she's going to run? Hold on, because I actually think she's going to run. I think she said like because Gavin Newsom is also pretending he's not going to run while he has ads airing in Florida and Texas around the clock. Yeah, right. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe she will vote. I really don't care. I would never vote for her. But mm-hmm. uh, second of all, now that you're a celebrity, and I really think you're taking Rush Limbaugh's place, which is oh, great. Wow. We gotta, we gotta start correcting stupid. I yeah, mean, yeah. look at what's happening to this poor country. Yeah, it's a mess. But get in touch with people like Elon Musk and say, hey, never mind buying Twitter. That's a boondoggle. Buy something like ABC, NBC, CBS, and turn <laughs> one of them around. We it's stopping the fake news. <laughs> That would be, I mean, that would be, in a perfect world, if you really just got news networks to just call it down the middle, you'd have a fighting chance. You know, you don't even need them, you know, to completely course correct. Just give us a little bit more. Because that's the problem right now, Mike, when you talk about society going to hell, is we're not having an honest conversation. We don't agree on the starting point of the debate. Like, the Democrats believe securing the border is racist. Okay, we can't debate based on that. Because that's a false starting point, you know, the same thing when they talk about like abortion, like, oh, you must hate women if you don't want to abort a baby in the eighth month of the pregnancy. Like, no, I actually like women. Some of them happen to be in the womb at that time. But that's the bigger problem is we just need a fair starting point to the conversation. We don't have a lot of that. Now, let me ask you this, man. You're out in Carson. I know the area well. What is the vibe around you? Like um, when you talk to people every day, are they worked up about climate change and late term abortion? Like what are they focused on? They're focused on mostly the economy. But the problem is, Jimmy, and I've even heard this on Tommy Sullivan's show, is that if you're listening to the fake news channels and you're listening to Fox, it's like you're on two different planets. Yeah. 
And that's what's hurting us. That's what's really hurting us. I know. Well, the, the, the channels you consider fake news are mad at Fox because they think we're covering crime too much. As if, like, they're like, oh, look at Fox trying to get people scared. No, no, no. We're trying to get people arrested. We, we're not trying to – we're tired of people being scared. That's not, that's not the goal here. The goal is to get the people in all of these viral crime videos thrown behind bars. But apparently we're in the minority on that one too. Uh, Mike, you get it, man. Uh, beer's on me next time we're in Carson. Okay, brother? Thanks, bro. Keep up the good work, my man. Uh, 888-788-9910. Running for another term in Congress. Okay. It's a gentleman by the name of Scott Fitzgerald. He's from the 5th Congressional District of Wisconsin. He joins us next on Fox Across America. It is... Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're heading out now to Wisconsin. There's a little more sanity. We needed to get out of this New York headspace for a little while. And we needed a take from uh, inside the huddle out in Wisconsin. Joining us now is superstar congressman from the 5th Congressional District, Representative Scott Fitzgerald on the show. Hey, man, how are you? I'm good, Jimmy. How are you? I'm under control. Um, I want to start by making sure you didn't bet the Packers yesterday. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. They made us get up at 8.30 in the morning. That's what I'm saying. Had a couple Bloody Marys, and, you know, and the pack <laughs> went down in flames. It was not pretty. Well, at, least, at least you had the alcohol. I mean, that was a, yeah, that was a tough one to watch. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it for a, um, you know, from an airport in Dallas because I'm a New Yorker. I was heading back to New York yesterday. And here yeah. in New York, we're supposed to be on the lookout for anything strange or unusual. And uh, both the New York Jets and Giants won yesterday, which is as strange and unusual as it gets around here. So right. I, don't, I don't know if I should be calling the, the authorities or what. Um, but let me <laughs> let, let, let me ask you this, because I know you're paying attention to this OPEC situation out there. Uh, you know, if we're talking about football fans, it's going to cost a couple more bucks to not only get back and forth to the game this year. But uh, when you get home, it doesn't sound like the home heating oil situation is going to be any better, right? No, we're already um, looking at forecasts here in Wisconsin. And, and, you know, you know, anywhere Certainly in this state and across the Midwest, uh, you know, the, the winters can get bitter cold and uh, there are long stretches where uh, you're going to have energy costs that are going to continue to increase. And people are just at that point now where they're turning on the furnace. So it's it's not hit yet. But, you know, a month from now, people are going to start to to see those bills and they're going to go, what in the world is going on? You know. Yeah, it's nuts, man. And uh, a lot of people feel like we're in an avoidable situation, meaning we were obviously energy independent at one point. Uh, We are now, you know, subject to the whims of a lot of events on the world stage. But the question I wanted to ask is, doesn't it seem like, you know, we're basically outsourcing pollution in the name of protecting the environment? What I mean by that is we burn fuel far cleaner here in America than we do in, say, Venezuela. So if we really cared about the environment, wouldn't the correct thing to do be to boost production here before we start looking around for it? Oh, absolutely. You're right on the mark. I mean, the idea that Biden at this point is shopping globally to find any type of answer to purchase more barrels of oil, and as you described, uh, stuff that has not been through kind of the EPA standards and the refinery standards that we have here in the States, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this is absolutely going to be a situation that we see in Asia where 
many of these uh, larger urban areas, I mean, you the smog is so incredible that uh, it has a direct effect on, on the workday and what can happen. So, you know, to bring that over here to the states and say, well, you know, th- this is our way of getting around the idea that we're actually going to have to capitulate and tell people that this whole green energy agenda, which the Democrats are running from right now, and, and you know, it's it's what you would expect. It's House members that are in these swing seats that all of a sudden they don't want to talk about green energy. They don't want to talk about electric cars. They don't want to talk about any of that stuff that was on their agenda for the last year and a half. All they want to talk about is uh, Roe versus Wade. Which is so crazy. You talk about not reading the room. We're talking to Wisconsin Representative Scott Fitzgerald from the 5th Congressional District. It's crazy to me that they are pushing things that are as out of touch with what people care about. Meaning like, you know, the economy's a big deal. Crime's a big deal. I don't know anybody out there that's you know, that really cares about late term abortion access to the point Democrats are trying to make it an issue. And as you said, they've at least had the presence of mind to walk away from climate change. But those were their two big pitches. They really were. So, like, let me ask you this. Do they not know? Do they not care? Like, why are we in the position where the people running the country are focusing on everything but the problems people care about? I mean, I think right out of the gate, Biden gets sworn in. They come out, they roll out the 40 different different executive orders. Most of them, obviously, were very much focused on the far left. They wanted to be able to respond to the big victory that Biden had over Trump. Mm -hmm. And then they couldn't figure out how to reel it back in. And it, it seemed like bill after bill after bill that hit the floor of the House of Representatives was always couched in the idea that, well, this is what the squad wants, and this is kind of what America wants. Uh, and they can't reel it back in now. So that, that's their problem. I and mean, politically, you know, there's 35, 40, and, and, you know, the NRCC, I mean, we're targeting 75 seats because we think that's how many seats are in play because these uh, these members are running across their districts now uh, just looking for cover. They, they just don't know kind of how they're going to deliver a message, uh, you know, with 29 days left. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know what that message is. Like, vote for us, more inflation. I think what they're trying to do is yell about Trump and MAGA and everything in between. But nobody cares. I mean, in, in truth, like I said, if you can't afford goods, if you can't afford to heat your home, you know, if you're worried about crime, nobody wants to care about the party that's not currently in charge. So I think they're really, you know, to that point, trying to distance themselves from their own record or at least distance the conversation from their own record. Because I don't think you could objectively look at the country and point out a single area where we're better off for having elected Joe Biden. I mean, is there any bright spot for you in Wisconsin? Well, I'll just tell you, I mean, the the real problem that they have, specifically with crime, Mm -hmm. is that it's measurable and it's measurable each and every night. If you turn on a local newscast in the city of Milwaukee right now, Mm -hmm. the first three stories are going to be about crimes perpetuated in the city or in one of the western suburbs of Milwaukee. So it's not this big abstract thing. I mean, there are specific incidents happening each and every night, not to to mention, you know, an hour and a half south in Chicagoland where, you know, it's just they're inundated with these stories on a regular basis. So that's something that people, they're seeing every night. Uh, they, They realize where it's happening. It's close to them. It's in their neighborhood. Uh, and and it's 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 something that's measurable in people's minds. 
And the Democrats can't hide from it right now. They can't hide from it. Yeah, they're having a hard time with that one because I think they tried to frame crime as a political issue when it's really just an issue of right or wrong, you know. And it's their policies on crime that I think have exacerbated a lot of what we see. You know, there were a lot of, you know, bail reforms and things like that that showed more empathy for the criminal than the actual law-abiding citizen. And that's why I think it's such a mess. Uh, The last question I want to hit you with, though, your Packers return home. This weekend, they're playing the New York Jets, man. I would like if you guys lose to the Jets, that's like losing the father son game. Can you can you assure the people of Wisconsin Green Bay turns it around this weekend? Absolutely. Count as a win. I love the Packers at home. They uh, they always rise to the occasion. We got to keep our eye on Minnesota. They're four and one right yep. now, but I think at the end of the day, the pack uh, they'll win the division again. All I right. Well, listen, will. we don't even need to win the division. It's that we just you know inflation's at a forty year high. If they can just cover this weekend, your money's good here. Okay. I like it. Good. I like it. Good. Very good. Go Packers. Keep up the good work out there. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. You too, Representative Scott Fitzgerald from the Fifth Congressional District of Wisconsin. He says. He says. Go all in on the Packers over the Jets this weekend. That's what he says. Now, I got to be honest with you, man. The Jets are somehow miraculously 3 and 2, 2 and 0 on the road. I don't know how we got to where we are. Okay. I I genuinely don't. Okay. Because the Jets traditionally by now, you know, we're talking about who the top college quarterbacks are that we could probably draft next year. You know, there's a, you know, usually a spike in calls to the local suicide prevention hotline by now. But the Jets are somehow sitting on a three and two record. And I do have it on good authority that 82 percent of the money in, in Las Vegas right now is actually on the Packers because you'd expect them to kill the Jets getting home. Uh, but Las Vegas is not Las Vegas because 82 percent of the people win their bets. Las Vegas is Las Vegas because that 16.9 percent that bet the New York Jets might find a backdoor way to cover this game and upset the apple cart. So we can monitor this as the week goes on. I just I had to change the conversation to football because I can only talk so much crime uh, without just losing it. Because my feeling as I look around at this issue in the run up to the midterms is very much what the representative was describing, which is they just don't want to talk about it. But when you don't want to talk about it, that's like a real indifference to all of these people, you know, that are getting shot and killed and thrown in front of subway trains and everything in between. And I feel like, you know, the incumbent party right now, they've made such an effort. It's like, ah, Trump's coming back. I'm telling you, they're going to get us all. Or DeSantis is Hitler. It's all like crazy, over-the-top rhetoric you know, that really is designed to move the conversation away from their record. And it's like on one end, I get why they're doing it, because who on earth would want to talk about this record? You can't run for reelection on, hey, you like this 40 year high inflation? Well, you're in luck. You know, you like it out of control border? You're in luck. They can't run on their accomplishments. So they're really trying to change the conversation. I get the strategy behind doing so. But what I can't make peace with is like just the actual indifference Like, I feel like, like, this is the thing, man. Like, I feel like there has to come a point in someone's life, a place of self-respect, a place of ownership where you go like, hey, I kind of contributed to causing all of this. 
So rather than, you know, trying to pretend it doesn't exist, rather than trying to focus on other issues and pretending they are as important as, like, say, crime, you know, I just I, I, I owe it to myself and good conscience to tackle this issue head on. When we talk about crime. We talk about the border. Everybody in a position to do something about it, you know, in good conscience should be doing so. But they're not doing anything about it because, again, they have gotten to this superficial, almost sociopathic place where it's easier to distort the conversation and make it about anything else because obviously it'll be better for them politically. But I'm just telling you that when it comes to the quality of life issue, this is, you know, Looney Tunes. Remember Looney Tunes? You know, the old Porky Pig, that whole thing, you know? Are you threatening me, sir? You know, Porky Pig. Are you threatening me? Actually, as a matter of fact, yes, you are being threatened. (laughs) Everywhere you go, in every big city in the country, Okay, you're being threatened at the pump by the cost of gas. You're being threatened at the cash register by the cost of goods. And you're being threatened by peripheral criminals everywhere you go. So if somebody doesn't speak up about this soon and forget the politics. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I got to shout out my man, Danny Boy O'Connor. A lot of you know Danny Boy as part of the rap trio House of Pain. They recorded the smash hit Jump Around. Jump Around! Jump up, jump up to get down. Danny Boy is down in Tulsa, and he runs the Outsiders Museum down there. If you remember the... 80s film, The Outsiders, Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, you know, uh, he runs the museum and it's worth checking out. He was at our meet and greet in Tulsa on Friday, hanging out, talking smack. And uh, he and I are definitely going to get together when I'm back down there. He might even come on the show to talk a little smack. But either way, Danny Boy, if you're out there, I appreciate you. Of course, I wasn't the only one doing meet and greets over the weekend. John Fetterman, your candidate for Senate in the great state of Pennsylvania, Uh, was asked if Joe Biden should run again in 2024. And, you know, there's been a lot said about Fetterman being a little bit of a mess out there, but he seems to be in lockstep with everybody when it comes to refusing whether or not to say Biden should run. He just said it in a Fetterman-esque way. Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Biden. And and that's it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And and I respect whatever choice he decides. Oh, I'm in trouble. That's another uh, another guy sending in the pun team on endorsing Biden, which is very rare for an incumbent. And yes, you could point out that Fetterman called him Joe Bin, which isn't the best. He's clearly having a speech issue. And I feel for the guy. I genuinely do feel for him. I don't want to mock anybody in a position of poor health. I mean, that could be any of you, you know, could be any of us, to be clear. Um, But the guy is in a, you know, compromised position in terms of his ability to communicate. And it is fair to ask in a considerate way whether or not he would have the faculties to actually represent the people of Pennsylvania in the Senate because his public schedule is severely limited. And what you do see of the guy isn't exactly, you know, smooth operator by Sade, since we're talking about music uh, bands like House of Pain. Yes, let's go full Sade. Tell me if John Fetterman is a smooth operator. Here he is talking about kicking balls in the authority. 
I think you might have had the order wrong. It's clip 16. First, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic. And and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> it's not. First of all, it's not a phrase we're probably allowed to say on the air. But because he got it backwards, it works. It's not about kicking balls in the authority. He kind of speaks, and this is you know unfortunate, man. Guy had a stroke. I feel for the guy. But you know those T-shirts, "Take me drunk, I'm home." That whole thing. He very much speaks in that kind of a prose, and it is a very limited place, you know, in terms of his motor skills. But I think if Dr. Oz is smart. I think if you're a voter, if you're smart, the question isn't whether or not, you know, Fetterman can speak coherently. It's whether or not his policies are any good. And when it comes to the idea of, oh, I don't know, mass releasing violent criminals, it's I got to be honest. It's not the best. It's not. It's just (laughs) it's not the best policy. That's true. That is true. You know, Fetterman's positions. It's like Joe Biden. We make fun of Biden. Because, you know, well, the engine's running. There's nobody behind the wheel. You know, the other day he said, I've got two words for you. Made in America. (laughs) We all know that's three words. But the point is, a lot of times you're losing the plot when you do criticize the compromised physical condition of guys like Biden and Fetterman. Listen, I'm fine with anybody being president if they're a mess or they're in poor health, if their policies will leave our country in better health. The problem is you can't look at anything Biden's doing, you can't look at anything Fetterman's doing and say we're going to be better off because of it. You know, we're in a messy situation right now. You know, we're at a place where people are actually engaging on issues for the first time in a long time in this country. And what I mean by that is the politicians don't really want to talk like the Democrats are running in the midterms on MAGA and ultra MAGA. Trump's going to come get you. The boogeyman. You guys are all in big trouble. Okay, you better watch out. You better not cry. You know, Trump clause is coming to town, that whole thing. Okay, but when it comes to actual people on the ground, people on the ground are prioritizing real stuff. Okay, like in 2016, you could decide an election whether or not people like Donald Trump's tweets. Okay, in 2022, okay, that's no longer going to be the arbiter of good or bad because people can't pay for goods and they're worried about getting mugged when they do go buy them. You know, people are worried about the rising cost of gas when they drive back and forth to the store or they heat their home. People are no longer sitting around themselves making decisions based on arbitrary, superficial things like what Trump says or what Biden and John Fetterman can't say, okay? And the point I'm trying to make here is that you could watch Fetterman, you could watch Biden and draw the conclusion that they're both in no physical shape to lead this country. But understand, they both have no political future for us. And it's not because of the condition they're in, it's because the condition their policies happen to be in, okay? If you're pro-criminal, like Fetterman, or you're in favor of any of this woke garbage, you can't help us. And it's no different than if you're Joe Biden. I don't care if the elevator goes all the way to the top floor. I'm just tired of getting stuck up in the elevator, Biden. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. We are fired up for this hour of Fox Across America that's going to look a lot classier than it is. Why? Because Dana Perino is coming by. She's the co-host of America's Newsroom, a co-host of The Five. 
uh, someone who I absolutely, uh, you talk about it being like an honor to have people on your show. Dana is kind of the bell of the cable news ball. You know how like there's that show Everybody Loves Raymond? Well, if you work at Fox News, everybody loves Dana uh, because she is a supreme intellect, number one. Uh, number two, there's really nobody better at calling balls and strikes when it comes to the issues that are about to decide the midterm. So for me, as much as I like doing card tricks and making balloon animals and doing all this razzle-dazzle radio, uh, it is nice to just have an adult in the room from time to time uh, that can talk issues and, you know, get to the heart. Remember Don Henley, the heart of the matter is trying to get down to the heart of the matter. This is a show. That's trying to get down to the heart of the matter, because right now, when you look around in America, uh, we've already surpassed the end of the innocence. We're in a really bad place and uh, we need to just start talking substance. If the country is ever going to get headed back into the right direction at some point. We have to stop calling each other Nazis and white supremacists, stop calling each other names, and start focusing on issues. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, when it comes to the issue of abortion, the Democrats have made a transition. Okay, if you remember under Bill Clinton, it was safe, legal, and rare. That was the justification for abortion. This will be safe, legal, and rare. Now we have major candidates, gubernatorial candidates in Arizona, and down in Georgia, saying, I don't, I don't know if there should be any limits on abortion, says Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is full of Okay, she was the one who told us two weeks ago there's no such thing as a fetal heartbeat, and that they're actually faking that. When you go in and listen to the baby's heartbeat, that's actually like somebody beatboxing off behind a curtain. <laughs> that's basically the way it was sold. And now yesterday, uh, dopey Katie Hobbs, who of course is also running for office, She won't say to face the nation whether or not there should be any limits on abortion. Now, I want to start there. Why? Because last week we had Carrie Lake on the show. Carrie Lake is running for governor out in Arizona. And Carrie Lake and I joked about the fact that they constantly refer to her as an extremist because she's the pro-life candidate. And in their worldview, it's extreme. It's the Democrats would tell you it's extreme to want to let babies live. That's not right. Okay, it's not right. Okay, it's an extreme to to, to refuse to put a limit on when you can abort a baby because you're afraid you might upset some of the radicals in your party. Yo, if you are killing something that can live without the mother, you're committing murder. Okay, history will show that you committed murder. They will not look back at this and be like, oh, no, you know, from a bio, you know, biological standpoint, the Democrats are on the right, you know, right side of this. No, the Democrats are all the way wrong on this. Listen to the position by Katie Hobbs, who wants you to believe she's the one running against the radical. Clip 21. What would the Hobbs administration's weak limit be for abortion access? If it's not 15 weeks, what is it? Look, abortion is a very personal decision that belongs between a woman and her doctor. The government and politicians don't belong in that decision. We need to let doctors perform the care that they are trained and take an oath to to perform. So if an Arizona voter were to conclude from your previous answer that you do not favor any specific weak limit on abortion, would they be correct? I support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor and leaving politicians entirely out of it. I mean, come on. What is she really in this instance? Okay, just to be clear. Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. Okay, this whole leave the government out of it. 
It should be between a woman and a doctor, that whole thing. Okay. At some point, you have to acknowledge the whole my body, my choice, okay, stops being a point of argument when there's another fully formed body involved. Also curious that the my body, my choice crowd were also the ones forcing you to get a vaccine, whether you wanted it or not. Hey, my body, my choice when it comes to abortion. But your body has no say in this vaccine debate. Democrats are so full of crap. I mean, really think about that. But here's more of this sort of thing. Okay, here is Stacey Abrams. Okay, talking about abortion. You know, Kanye West, when he was on with Tucker, talked about being pro-life. Stacey Abrams was asked about it on Fox News Sunday by Shannon Bream. Let me start. I'll give you Kanye's point, you know, talking point here just as a jump off. It's clip 18. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week. You just landed and you have a lanyard still on from it. And there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen, I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. Wow. He's not, you know, when he talks to you about abortion and how stunning the numbers are for the black community, understand Margaret Sanger, the patron saint of Planned Parenthood, looked at abortion, okay, as what? As a form of eugenics to thin out the black population. I admire your honesty. That's why Margaret Sanger's name has been quietly scrubbed from every building it used to be on. Okay, when you go back and cancel people because they told a joke in the 90s, it's hard to be the the side that does that sort of thing, but at the same point want to be honoring women who said things as heinous as eugenics. But that's where abortion was founded. Understand if we're listening right now. The woman who introduced abortion into, uh, into society as a mainstream thing was doing it because, you know, yes, she was a far-left liberal who didn't want a large black population. Okay, that's what abortion is on the side of. Everything the Democrats, the party of tolerance and empathy and inclusion, and just looking out for the black community, they are always, always the ground floor members of some type of a racism that made life infinitely harder for Democrats, okay? Democrats are the party of Jim Crow and slavery. And yes, the Democrats are the party of state-funded eugenics in the name of abortion. Okay, so Stacey Abrams, the duly elected uh, governor of Georgia, if you go all the way back to 2018, a woman who still hasn't conceded that election, although is trying to walk herself back from the non-concession, she's getting her butt handed to her down in Georgia in the polls. She was asked by Shannon Bream about Kanye's concerns over abortion and, again, did the Democratic thing. Doctors and, you know, the, get the Republicans out of the all the stupid stuff. Here it is, clip 19. Do you share Ye's concern that black Americans are disproportionately impacted, he says, by abortion? 
I share the concern of women across the state of Georgia that they are being denied access to medical care. That in the state of Georgia, black women are most likely to die of maternal mortality issues because they're denied access to health care under this governor before they get pregnant. They are denied access to medical care during their pregnancy because of the medical shortage that we have in the state of Georgia, fomented by this governor. That when they have this child, if they choose to carry a, ch a child to term, if they're even allowed the choice of what they want to do, that post postpartum, they are denied access to health care afterwards. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Okay, the question was, are you concerned about abortion? And she went into straw man arguments about women being denied health care and prenatal care. No acknowledgement of what Kanye just said. Abortion, okay, in terms of killing members of the black community, is responsible for as much death as anything. Okay, and when the Democrats try to frame this as a health care issue, okay, the health care issue, okay, for all of these babies is something nobody wants to talk about on the left. They don't want to have that honest conversation. It's what I said at the top of the show, uh, top of the hour. I'd love to have Dana Perino on because we could just call balls and strikes. They won't call balls and strikes. What Stacey Abrams is here to do is argue about the character of the umpire. Forget if they call the ball or a strike. More importantly, who's this m woman hating misogynist running the state of Georgia? Okay, millions of babies are dying. And I got to be honest, you're not empowering women by telling them to go out and kill a baby in the late stages of a pregnancy because those abortions are done in a way where it is unmistakably murder. Nobody's better off having that on their conscience. But here is more Stacey Abrams. Okay, saying we don't even know when a pregnancy starts. Clip 20. Were you to become governor, where would you draw the line? 15 weeks, viability, 36 weeks, what's the limit? Where, what I've always said is that abortion is a medical decision that should be made by a doctor and the woman. And that the point of viability as determined by a doctor should always take into consideration the life and health of a woman. That should be the standard. But the arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality that it is a fallacy. We know exactly when a pregnancy starts, that we know exactly where we are in the system. I mean, in the in the term. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, one more time. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. OK, folks, we know scientifically when babies can live beyond the mother. OK, we know scientifically when a life is being formed. OK, we know these things. But what is she doing again? Where would you cap abortion? She won't give you an answer. That's the bigger takeaway here. Not that she's lying about deadlines and science. That's kind of baked into the cake at this point. The bigger issue is she won't give you an answer. OK, because she is more concerned with hemorrhaging a vote or two than she is with actual babies that are getting killed, far past the point of viability without the mother. The Democrats, when it comes to abortion, are the extremists. Okay, there's no, you know, there's no debate here. There's nothing extreme about letting a baby live. Nothing. Putting it up for adoption. Aaron Judge, American League home run champion on the Yankees. Okay, he was adopted. I'm not saying every adopted baby is going to grow up to be Aaron Judge. The point is, a lot of babies that would normally be terminated under the Democratic worldview amount to great things. Do you remember when Tim Scott got told by Secretary Granholm that, you know, abortion's good for the labor force participation rate because these women aren't home caring for babies. They can get to work. But is that really empowering a woman? Don't raise a child.
one of the greatest gifts God could ever bestow upon you? Get back in your cubicle because empowerment. Okay, the truth is the Democrats like to use terms like extremism, like war on women, denying them health care. Okay, nobody is being denied health care more than the babies in the wombs that could live outside of them were it not for the Democrats intervening to kill them. So when we'd use terms like extremism, you know, barbaric, misogyny, all of those things, okay, the Democrats, honestly, okay, are engaged in the number one exercise in projection we've ever seen, ever seen, because science, history will record abortion, specifically the later term abortion, as the biggest human rights abuse in the history of the country, okay? It'll be right up there with slavery. You know, you look back all these years later, you know, and you could have looked back 150 years ago and said, gosh, how did you do that to people? That's horrific. That's why we fought a civil war. We knew it was wrong. How could you do this to people? Okay, just like right now, you look at this level of abortion, say, how could you do that to people? But they don't look at them as people. They look at them as votes. That's been the scam from word one. You know, people came on our show two years ago. You know, there were people like Gianno Caldwell, who sadly just lost his brother to violence in Chicago, who said all the time, black lives don't matter as much as black votes. Okay, and it's the same thing when it comes to issues like abortion. You know, Kanye West says, well, abortion's killing more black people than anything out there. Okay, it's horrific when you really do the numbers. And the Democrats turn it into, well, he tweets stupid stuff. And make no mistake about it, Kanye tweets and Instagrams some very stupid stuff. No question. Okay, but when it comes to abortion, okay, there is nothing dumber, okay, nothing stupider, if it was such a thing, than saying you're the moderate, but you're in favor of killing babies months after they can live outside the womb. Okay, that's the Democratic scam. Okay, we don't need like pushback on the Republicans. All they really need is a mirror. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready to wrap with Dana Perino in the next break. Right now, a little more you and me time. Thinking about the midterms. Talking about all the hullabaloo. Down in, in Georgia, Herschel Walker getting yelled at and screamed at. He might have paid for an abortion, which, again, traditionally would get him a merit badge in the Democratic Party. Uh, that is not the case in this instance because they're telling us this is some type of hypocrisy. But one of the issues that has kind of sprung up is a little more front and center is the fact that Joe Biden is now catching hell from Democrats about his inability to secure the southern border. Come on, man. Here is Katie Hobbs, who was a disgusting stance on abortion, recognizing that the border is a big political liability out in Arizona. Uh, and she finally acknowledges as much uh, the Arizona gubernatorial candidate over the weekend. Here it is, clip 34. As a border state, we have borne the brunt of decades of inaction in Washington from both parties to address both border security and comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, and uh, and we need the federal government to step up. Trump centered his whole immigration policy around finishing the wall, and it's not done. 
And um, but Biden does need to step up immigration and border security. Absolutely. Uh, Arizona is bearing the brunt of of um, illegal drug trafficking, gun trafficking and smuggling. Uh, and we do need more border security. OK, she's spot on there. OK, but this is something. No, zero zip. No blue state leaders or prospective leaders were talking about this a month ago. Okay, it became a thing because of Ron DeSantis, because of Greg Abbott. They forced this conversation to a place of substance. I tell you that all the time, man. The only thing I'm ever looking for as a talk show host is like, hey, I'm not I don't I don't want to steer the way you vote. I don't want to be in charge of our democracy. I'm a mess. I just want people to speak to the real issues. It's the only way you ever solve the problem. Democrats have now gotten to this place where they cannot run away from the border. Because it's not a Arizona problem or a Texas problem exclusively. It is a problem for every single American because of the fentanyl. And now, of course, because of all the migrant relocations that are going on in places like New York or Washington, D.C. We're sanctuary cities. We'll take as many migrants as you can send. And then, of course, the migrants show up and they're like, ah, we can't do this. Come on, man. Get them out of here. That's what's gone on. Okay, and they realize now it is a liability. We got to this place in America. This is what I would say. And that's the reason I, you know, try to be a little bit of a calm voice in the huddle every day is we got in the place in America where we don't have the luxury to pretend anymore. Okay, our politics used to center on really superficial things. Okay, Trump told an off color joke. Let's devote a month of the news cycle to that. Okay, you have a luxury of pretending Trump is controlled by the Russian government. When you're not dealing with a 40-year high in inflation or a 30-year high in crime or an all-time high in illegal border crossings or an all-time high in fentanyl deaths. If there's one thing Joe Biden has achieved, it's forcing political conversation, at least on the ground level, back to a place of substance because people are getting screwed at every single level. Okay, Biden is such a disaster. And they all know it. So what we will discuss in the next break with... The great Dana Perino is all things America. The midterms. We'll get into comedy. You don't know where this car is going to go when Dana Perino's in studio. Just buckle up because we're going to get nuts when we come back. Coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are joining us now in studio. Not only the superstar co-host of America's Newsroom, superstar co-host of The Five, but one of the fastest rising young comedians <laughs> on the East Coast. I'm talking about Dana Perino. Hey, girl. Hi, how are you? Um, how are you? So, so you did a stand-up gig. Well, no, you did a celebrity no. MC gig. I, no, what I did. Yeah. Oh, is that, I guess you yes, could call you it that. Yes. I, I, I would say I, somebody videoed the my little opening, uh-huh. and they sent it to me and said, here's your bit. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not a bit. That's called an introduction. You did an introduction. I did an introduction. And you helped me um, with oh. a few ideas and lines. I'll tell you, want me to tell you the one that did the best? Uh-huh. Okay, so that was the one where I said I've lived in New York City for 11 years, and uh-huh. it was really hard at first because I'm very scared of heights. <laughs> Washington Heights, Crown Heights, <laughs> Brooklyn Heights. That did very well. Boom! Very well, yes. Yeah. And all the jokes making fun of Greg Gutfeld. I know those work all yeah, the time. Yeah, they love them. Yeah, no they, problem. You know what it is? Because Greg is doing so well. The the crowd appreciates a shot at him. Yes, of course. Because they like him. You They're take a, enjoying take a shot at the, at the big guy. They absolutely do. It's my favorite thing is every time I do a meet and greet, 
that's one of the first things to say, like, keep giving Gutfeld the hard time. Yeah. It's funny. It's a good, tough love. But you were on stage. You were in a comedy club. Did it make you rethink your career pursuits and want to be on the road in a La Quinta 23 hours a day? <laughs> I, I, I was honored to do You know what I, why I did it? Uh-huh. Two of the, the two main comedians, Joe DeVito and Joe Mackey, mm-hmm. I knew of their comedy careers before COVID. Yes. And... When, and then they started writing for the Gutfeld show, sort of around the right, around the same time. Yeah. I mean, COVID. I think Greg's show started, and then COVID happened, right? I think that was uh, like his right is around after. There. His is the the weeknight show is post COVID. Post COVID, okay, but, okay, but continue. So I knew of Joe and Joe because I would I love to go to the Comedy Cellar. Okay, that's my New York. that's my favorite place to go mm-hmm. for comedy, and so I'd seen them a couple of times. And then they were writing for Gutfeld, and anytime I've been on the Gutfeld show or ho- had a chance to guest host, uh-huh. they're very helpful. So they were doing this show down in my part of the woods, my neck of the woods, down in Jersey, Jersey mm-hmm. Shore. And it wasn't just a theater. It actually was just a comedy club. They rented, well, the club guy, he rented out a big theater called uh-huh. the, Al- well, big, 500 Whoa. seats, Al- yeah. Algonquin Theater. Yep, yep. And just to help them with a little bit of a boost, mm-hmm. they asked if I would want to stop Smart. by. Uh-huh. And so I did. And I'll tell you what, I have great admiration for what you all do. <laughs> because all I had to do was be up there for, I could be up there for 30 seconds. Nobody cared. Yeah. I, but I did about five minutes. You did. Yeah. And it, from the, I, I was told from the crowd it, it didn't feel that long. I felt like it was <laughs> not enough Perina. I heard it was deaf comedy jam. And they were very funny. The Good. Joes were very, very funny. Good. So it was great. It Good. was great. Shout out. No, I just, I just love that you're, you know. You've taken this Gutfeld guest hosting thing <laughs> to a live touring act now. It's yeah, great. yeah. It's... Well, I'm thinking about quitting the five and heading out. <laughs> there's a, there's because a... when you said La Quinta, that was kind of that sounds good. Yeah. Listen, get the one thing about Do you know the what road, La Quinta stands for in Spanish. What does it stand for? Close to Denny's. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Boom! My I, husband has said that for years. Is it just that came true? To me, yeah. I do. Uh, Have I, you ever? Wa- I, mean, I mean, now yeah. you're going to notice it every yeah, yeah. time you see a La Quinta. Oh, there's a Denny's. Because there's it's a highway situation uh-huh. where you buy you get three for the price of one. Mm-hmm. There's either a Denny's or a Cracker Grand Barrel. Slam breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> I am until your husband. I'm on to him. Moon's um, over. Moon over Miami. That was Jenny Fela's go-to growing up in Ohio. Her go-to like. Morning after a hangover, yeah. you know, rescue meal. Yeah, of course. This is why you have Dana Perino on. You're going to get stand-up insight. You're going to get location data on just about every hotel chain in the country. And yeah. you now know how to cure a hangover. That's Yes, thank you. Epic. A lot of cross-pollination today on the show, everybody. Well, let's jump into stuff going on here at home. Uh, the Columbus Day Parade today has brought me back to my tra- my taxi driving days in terms of <laughs> New York traffic. Um Everybody in New York today, because you can't get across Fifth Avenue, I just wanted to ask you about this, because you're not driving every day. Um, You don't drive a lot, right? No. But have you ever seen a traffic jam bad enough that the pedestrians take sides? (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite thing in the world. Well, I would tell you that um, during UNGA week, that when the UN General Assembly is here, did you know what happened to me? No, come on. Oh, my gosh. You almost missed the five. Okay, so I have, yes, I almost missed the five. So- I have those – my recurring nightmare dream uh-huh. is always been the one I'm going to be late to work uh-huh. and I can't find the makeup room or I wore the wrong clothes. Or I, it's, it's always about being oh, late. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm never late to anything anyway. So the week of UNGA, on the fourth day, on the Thursday, mm-hmm. most people have already left. You know, yeah, the, the big, big speeches were on the Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So by Thursday afternoon, I think it's safe to get a car at 3.30 – from my apartment, you know where my apartment is, yep, yep, yep. to back to the studio. Mm-hmm. I get in at 3.30. We're on 57th Street. We go to 11th to 10th. And now we're sitting between 9th and 8th mm-hmm. for 40 minutes. Oh, God. 
and like not moving. Nobody has moved. And when you talk about pedestrians taking yeah, sides, yeah. it was also because it becomes just talk about Armageddon. Yeah. There's pedestrians just walking in and out of cars because <laughs> they know they're like, oh, yeah, you guys aren't going anywhere. Yep. So I'm not worried about you accidentally bumping into me. Yep. So I'm watching the clock tick down and I'm thinking, okay, well, if we start moving in three minutes, and, da, 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 and I'm like, well, you know what? I think I, I was at five minutes of should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? And now I'm in a jumpsuit. Okay. I know you've never worn one, but let me just tell you something. <laughs> It's, it, they're cute, yeah, yeah. but they're not practical. <laughs> Sleeveless jumpsuit. Suffering for your art. Five-inch wedge heels and a black leather jacket and my backpack. Oh, my goodness. I look ridiculous. <laughs> I start running down the street. But by running, I'm talking about shuffling in five-inch wedge yeah, yeah. heels. And I'm, running, and I'm having this panic attack like, I can't believe I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. Now it's like 424, right? <laughs> uh-huh. I get to the subway and there's a big puddle of something. And my oh, shoes Lord. are new Ver- Veronica Beard, light cream, wedge, <laughs> Not- woven heels. <laughs> Not made for this. <laughs> and I got to jump across it. Uh-huh. And I almost land into this homeless guy. Excuse me. And then I'm getting down the stairs and it's also everything's slippery. Why mm. is everything slippery? Everything's gro- So I'm, I'm getting down there. Thankfully, I had a Metro card from when I went to the U.S. Open. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm heading down there. I sli- swipe in, and by the grace of God, there's a D train that's holding. Mm-hmm. It's packed. Yeah, yeah. But it's holding, and I'm coming down the steps. I'm like, can I? Could I? I couldn't even get the words out. I jump in, and I'm like, my heart rate must have been like through the roof. I th- it, was yeah, my, yeah. it was every nightmare coming true i get here and you know they won't let you up through the yeah side here so i have to go outside and now because it's only once two stops Uh i got here at 429 oh my lordy and i come in and jojo the makeup artist goes what's your problem you're fine (laughs) you're fine we got plenty of time and but i i will never forget that and so i decided that every single vacation i take for the rest of my life will be the unga week (laughs) no no you're not supposed to be here no cab driver actually works no full-time cab driver sticks around because they know it's that bad i learned that back in the day because i was a rookie cab driver Mm. and i was like wow there's like 300 extra cabs at the garage today (laughs) and then i was the only idiot on the road really quick then not to compete um the week of the u.n general assembly that tuesday night because they had diverted so much traffic on the east side my driver who was taking me home from gutfeld was so overwhelmed that i volunteered to take the wheel i identified (gasps) myself as an ex-date you know new york city Uh medallion driver he thought it was funny and i drove us home i got us through the back streets of queens and like saved the guy's shift but it had to happen holy cow it it had to happen because we were on the east side and they had closed traffic at lexington and this guy wow. wanted to get to the tunnel, but there were too many. There, there are too many be- embassies between here and the Midtown Tunnel on the east side. Right. So we quit at Park Avenue and 48th, and I took us north, and then we went over the RFK right, and did some backstreet work in Queens, and I got him back to the. I OIA. could never do that for anybody. It was could, crazy though. But that's a that's a great story. I, know, I actually like showed him a new route to get to the LIE through Queens. I'm like, and then on top of all of that, I'm going to tip the guy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> do I, should I be tipping you? I feel like you owe me 20 bucks for this ride, Dana Perino. No, but I, I did it. I gave back to the community. And well, and the reason why I was stopped for that mm-hmm. long, it was Biden. Yeah, yeah, his giving a speech. Kid. And do you know, I worked for forty three, as you know. Mm-hmm. He would, he would be very reluctant to ever come to New York mm-hmm. because he knew it would piss everybody off. He, yeah, he almost felt bad about it. Yeah, he was like, oh, and then he would see the route. He'd be like, oh gosh, guys, can we? Do- oh no, Sixth <laughs> like, oh, Avenue. They're, they're all going to be so mad. My, my poll numbers are going to drop five points. Yeah, he's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but well, we, remember, like Biden, so Biden's there. He shut down Central Park South, mm-hmm. all of Fifth Avenue, and also they get 
it's ridiculous. No, yeah. If you're if you're a half a mile away from Joe Biden mm-hmm. in a car, you are not close enough to hurt him. No, you're so they fine. open up the streets. Yeah, let's you know, let's show a little a little restraint, New York. Can we do that, yeah, please? I, it doesn't work for me. Dana Perino is in studio. I'm bringing, talking about presidential motorcades and driving during UN Week because driving Dana Perino is about to get a little more expensive. Yes, it is. I'm being told diesel's up twenty cents over the weekend, something in that neighborhood where we were down in Oklahoma. I was in Enid. Mm-hmm. Comedy hotbed of Enid, Oklahoma. I, I mean, love Enid, Oklahoma. It is a great town. It's a great place. And, and, um, good people. Good barbecue, good people. Fox super fans. Um, but they're paying like four twenty nine again. Yep. Like it's going up. Yep. Um, I don't think there's any way to stop what's coming between now and the midterms, do you? Oh, no, I don't. Well, in terms of gas prices, yeah. no, they're going to continue to go up. And it's it's not only that, it's the, it's the gas price, the diesel price, which then makes everything else more expensive. But don't forget the home heating oil. That's the big and one. And the transport of home heating oil. Mm-hmm. That is actually, that's a huge problem for people that they'll feel, not just in the midterms, but beyond. Yep. And I think we got to this place where, because they might have artificially lowered the price through the strategic petroleum reserves, I think the Democrats thought they had bought themselves mm-hmm. just enough time to make it to like November 20th. It seems like this OPEC situation is going to crater that a little bit earlier than they wanted to. And I think it does change the calculus in the midterm. So this is what I wanted to ask you. We know fuel costs are about to soar. Uh, The galvanizing issue that they're pushing, I think, the hardest on the left is really abortion. If you're watching the Sunday shows, I thought Stacey Abrams was a little out there. Katie Hobbs was a little out there. Um, Are the Democrats like this is what I always think they've they've carefully crafted this as a war on women if you don't support any of the positions they have taken on abortion. But are they kind of overshooting the landing here in that they are out of touch with what people support? Absolutely. I am a little surprised that the women's groups like Planned Parenthood isn't more organized and more effective. Mm -hmm. They have a ton of money. Yep. But everyone's got a ton of money. Yeah, There's did, nobody's yeah. nobody's short on money in terms of political advertising. But their organization does not seem seem that great. And so this Dobbs decision comes out late June, mm-hmm. and then you did see a big increase, um, and it will make a difference for some voters mm-hmm. and in some very tight elections. It could be the difference maker. Yeah, it really could. There, you know, women over fifty apparently are the most undecided at the moment. Wow. Um, and so depending on how things go, that could go their way. But overall, I think for the Democrats who thought abortion was going to be their issue mm-hmm. all the way to the bank, it's not happening, partly because inflation is just crushing everybody. Yeah. But also because I think also once people realize, for example, if you are a pro-abortion person, you live in New York, mm-hmm. and the Dobbs decision has you really mad, and then you realize, oh, wait, nothing changes for me nothing. here? Nothing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then it might not be your number one issue anymore. Yeah. It might be like number five, yeah, because you because you care about women in Mississippi or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, it's definitely not what the Democrats thought it would be. Yep. Well, as they say in comedy, read the room. Mm. Uh, maybe they read the room the wrong way. Yeah. Do you now agree with me though? Because I always tell you this. I always say comedy is not about reading the room; it's about leading the room. Did you feel like you led the room in the comedy club? I was told you did. Well, I was the lead speaker, so <laughs> no, by default. you lead the room. By I have default. seen you host Gutfeld. No, you do lead the room. Comedy is such an authority position. It really, uh, yeah, I've, I did learn that. that. Now, like, though? you're in charge. Yes. It is everything in that room. 
You set the tone, the sensibility, yeah. the entire term of the negotiation. Yeah. And it's the one thing a lot of comics do wrong. Now, you haven't encountered this, but when <laughs> comics get heckled, okay, so they're not uh, heckling Dana Perino. They did boo at my Jets joke that you wrote. <laughs> yeah, but that's for the, you know what. That's they laughed. Yeah, they laughed right. at that. Just end the season. Well, can I tell you something? In Enid, Oklahoma, Saturday night, the Red River shootout, Oklahoma versus Texas this weekend, the Sooners, Oklahoma, lost by the largest margin of victory in the history of the series, 49 to nothing. Oh. And so on stage in a jam-packed room full of Oklahoma fans, we were talking about the Democratic claim that, you know, Republican rhetoric leads to violence. And I said, folks, the only people getting killed this weekend are the Sooners. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot for them to deal with. They, they laughed. They, they laughed uproariously. And but they wanted the, to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the, the fact that I'm here alive is a miracle is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Dana Perino, comedy superstar, will be on TV mm-hmm. tomorrow together. I'm excited about How that. About, we're talking about a big win for the American people. I, hope, I mean, America's newsroom will never be the same. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we're previewing the Yankee game. Game one tomorrow night in the Bronx. I'm, I'm sending that is into there the a huddle. Play, is this a playoff situation? Yeah, yeah. It's a whole to-do. Okay. She's playing dumb again. Again, she, I, I swear, you're going to find out someday she knows. I only know knows. that because it's getting to be late October, so that must mean the World Series is soon. <laughs> this whole charade that Dana doesn't know sports, it's like white men can't jump. She goes on the air every day, plays dumb, but she's going to show up to trivia night and win like $5,000. I might, I'm, Yeah, I'm not falling for any of this. I, just, I, but I'm, I needed to Google last week what a double doink was. <laughs> I was like, that's a real term? Well, you're well within your rights, though, for a couple of people yeah. listening, so don't feel bad on that one. Uh, Dana Perino, the cat's pajamas. We'll do it again. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. Introducing Barbie's Inflation Dream House, the toy that costs more every time you play with it. Huh? What's going on? Barbie's Inflation Dream House comes with three jobs so she can put gas in her Corvette. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. And while there's no fancy bathroom, Barbie has plenty of discount toilet paper because she can't afford the good stuff. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. Barbie's Inflation Dream House. On sale now, so Barbie can move into a more affordable place. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Why are we talking about Barbie's inflation dream house? Because I was on the road this weekend. We were Tulsa, Oklahoma on Friday. Uh, Saturday, we were in Enid, Oklahoma, the Chisholm Trail Expo Center. Shout out to 96.9 The Eagle, everybody who showed up to that one. Uh, but we had lunch during the day, myself and the Fox team, at Swadley's Barbecue. Uh, Swadley, if you're listening, Hell of a barbecue. It was actually great. It was fantastic. But while we were waiting for the meal to come, there is now a marker on the table because of inflation. And it says we are doing our best to keep prices as low as possible, just like it is for our guests at home. The price of everything we buy has gone up. Now, this, according to Swadley's, which is, again, some world famous and I do mean phenomenal barbecue. It was an outrageously good lunch. I had it was called the sampler which was basically every meat on the menu. This is absolutely gross. Everybody keeps calling me fat. I don't care. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was world-class food. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way 
way to go through life. So. All right, fine, but stick with me because that wasn't the point of this break. The point of the break is chicken is up 207%, okay? Ranch dressing up 180%, fry oil up 167%. Okay, to-go box is up 146%, cobbler up 97%, sausage up 78%, drink cups up 71%, brisket up 54%, ribs up 53%, okra up 28%, mac and cheese is up 20%, okay? Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. Folks, for all the analysis coming your way between now and the midterms, oh, we got a poll of swing voters, we got a poll of independents, you know, the only analysis you need to know is Biden is destroying the barbecue industry. Okay, no political party, none, can, can recover from decimating our barbecue industry. Oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble. Okay, I don't want to hear it. You can talk about the border, schools, vaccines, abortion. Okay, climate change, and we if we don't get price change. When it comes to barbecue, there is no saving the Democrats between now and the midterms. Nobody deserves to be in power if they're driving up the cost of smoked chicken 207%. Get them out of here. Get them out. I agree. Back tomorrow. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.